Hello and welcome to Digital Surfing with Darren Smith, the podcast that dives into digital leaders' success and failures as they ride the wave of a career in digital business. Introducing our host, Darren Smith. Hi, I'm your host, Darren Smith, and every episode I'll be chatting to a special interviewee on what they've learned on their digital journey. Digital transformation and maturity is key to surviving in business today, and many people have a host of stories to tell about the successes and failures of digital projects they've been involved with. Let's go digital surfing. In this episode of Digital Surfing, I speak with Leah Pinsack. She is the Senior Creative Director at Atlassian. In this episode, we cover Atlassian's approach to creative, how she took the team from six people to over 45 people, and how Atlassian uses their own products in the creative process to manage the creatives and enable collaboration. Hey, Leah, welcome to the podcast. So nice having you on. It's great to be here. So I I believe that you've got a a bit of an obsession with your Google Assistant. Did it wake (laughs) you up this morning? Um, That's that's accurate. So it it did not wake me up this morning, but I do use it to... um, the news part of that is an important part of my day. So I wake up to the news, which is maybe not the most positive thing to wake up to every morning, but it definitely orients me quickly. So, uh, yeah, I see. I see one of your other kind of uh, companies that you look up to is Calm. So um, I'm, mm. I'm assuming it would it would make a whole <laughs> lot more sense to wake up with a bit of Calm instead of the news. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So I've um, I've used both Calm and Headspace, and they're both great products. Um, I've just been really impressed with Calm's partnerships that they've had. They have partnerships with musicians and the projects are quite good. And then they also have just really great, um, a wide selection of options for however you need to kind of like wind down. So I use that app almost every day too. So let's get straight into kind of uh, a bit of a background on yourself. Um, You're currently at Atlassian, uh, Senior Creative Director. Like, what, what exactly does that entail? I mean, like when I think of Atlassian, such a great product company. And so, you know, as a creative director, is there work regarding actually like product development or product launches, uh, go to market? Is it around the internal campaigns, external campaigns? What, what exactly does the creative director role entail? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a lot of a lot. But if I had to sum it up, I think it would be just breathing life into the brand. We mostly work with the marketing org, so a lot of go-to-market motions and campaigns, Um, but we also work with the entire company. So um, you mentioned product development. We aren't really plugged into that, but we influence um, our design system, which we've helped develop, and I think it's one of the best out there. I'm obviously biased, but I think we did a really thorough job of making sure that it was built to scale, and it totally has done that. So that's kind of a handshake between creative marketing and product design, there's a nice continuity of shared kind of assets and kind of foundational components that scale across the end to end, creating this really cohesive experience without a lot of like decision-making that might just not need to happen. So. Mm. So, so, so does that mean, you know, whether you are using a kind of a Jira as an example, or whether you are looking at a print ad, you would be able to see that consistency? In theory, yes. Um, that's actually a really good example. So yeah, from theoretically top of the funnel to uh, an error state in product, there should be some relationship there. And I think that there there is, you know, not everyone sees the full end to end, but um, there is, yeah, that, that kind of like heartbeat of consistency. 
so as, as as you answer, I'm I'm just kind of jotting down some questions here. Um, and as you as you answered that, I was thinking, you know, Atlassian is known for building amazing products, but there's also been a couple acquisitions like the the likes of Trello. So mm-hmm. does that design system then need to be applied to the products that are acquired? How does that uh, work? Yeah, Trello is interesting. It's a little bit of an anomaly. They came on with a very strong brand and we wanted to make sure that we were preserving whatever was really working for the customer. But that being said, uh, yeah, the the, um, intention of the design system and really the Atlassian brand and Atlassian is unique because it's not a product. There should be a a story that kind of like paints a picture of the ecosystem of Atlassian. And that also includes our literal marketplace, et cetera. So Mm. using the example of Trello, we um, have, you know, merged kind of their look and feel with the Atlassian design system over time that took a while to do, and it still isn't like one-to-one, but mm-hmm. again, using shared components really helps the user experience being considerate about the brand and kind of like what it stories it needs to tell in marketing is also really important. So we would probably deviate anyways, um, because Trello probably just needs to tell a different story than maybe Bitbucket. Mm. And you you mentioned uh, before that you know you you collaborate a lot with the with the marketing team mm-hmm. um, as a kind of Atlassian principle. Do you do all your um, design work and creative work in house, or do you use agencies as well? It's a bit of a mix, but we've taken most of our advertising and creative in house, and we did that because our subject matter is just pretty complicated. It, it's pretty technical, and I think. You know, when we do engage with agencies, sometimes they struggled and, and not by any fault of their own to kind of grasp mm-hmm. these, like the technical audience, the technicalities of the product. Um, and also we just have a lot of talent in-house. So we figured we would just kind of utilize that talent, leverage it to create go-to-market um, assets and campaigns. And that's worked quite well for us, I think. We're, we're obviously growing a lot, which means that we're engaging with more maybe um, specialty agencies for video production, et cetera. But by far and large, we do everything in-house. So keeping on that topic of talent, uh, I mean, you started with a team of, of six people and have scaled that up to around 40, 45 kind of people. Like, what does the team look like when you started at six and how has that team evolved? Yeah, so um, when I started Creative at Atlassian was um, a little more of a service org. I think we were, you know, we would get tickets and pretty much execute or we would get kind of like, pings from whatever, I think we were using probably HipChat back then. And, you know, then we would just kind of execute quickly and whenever we were kind of on call. Um, And now we've kind of switched that to become way more of a strategic partner. So, you know, design and creative and whatever kind of design, regardless if that's like civil design or graphic design, it's all about problem solving. So what I'm really passionate about is making sure that we are really we understand the problem so that we're able to deliver a relevant solution for the customer. So by putting ourselves more on the strategic position, we're brought in sooner. Um, we know what's going on more. We can have an opinion by using our expertise. Mm. And then ultimately, again, in theory, the results should be a lot better. So have you structured those teams in terms of the skill set that they bring or in terms of a vertical market or a uh, industry or a specific team that it's that they serve. How how's the team being structured? Yeah, so um, you know the growth of my team is representative of the growth of the company over the past five and a half years. I've been at Atlassian for five and a half years, so yeah, we've we've grown a lot, but I think we've been pretty strategic about w- where we hire. And currently, the team is structured 
in uh, verticals and horizontals. So creative is centralized at Atlassian. So we represent all the creative that happens at Atlassian. And the way we kind of divide things up is we have these vertical columns of designers, so visual designers who support specific areas of the business consistently. And that allows for, you know, better partnerships, better subject matter retention. And then, yeah, so those folks are like the products more or less. Um, we also support other things like internal activities, recruiting, um, all that good stuff to events. Um, and then we have horizontal specialists. And these folks don't work with any one part of the business, but they kind of work on everything. Um, and these are motion graphics designers, illustrators, copywriters, uh, presentation designers, et cetera. So that's how we kind of, I guess, matrix things. And it, it works it works well right now, but it's always just a matter of getting ahead of uh, the company's growth. And in terms of uh, kind of managing the work, I mean, do you follow kind of uh, agile methodology and have like a scrum master or someone like that that's actually coordinating everything for the creative team? Yeah, so I think um, what I've noticed is a lot of teams are, are starting to work in like kind of a pseudo agile, like I don't, I, I don't know what's called agile fall, some, some obviously hybrid <laughs> of a waterfall <laughs> process and agile. So, you know, Atlassian being our Jira being synonymous with agile or agility rather. Um, we do, you know, use Jira to track and manage our projects. We work in sprints, um, but they're more for scoping and predictability than they are for like, in act, like that there are actual sprints. So we don't have scrum masters, but we do have rituals like, um, you know, backlog grooming, sprint planning, sprint kickoffs, sometimes stand up. So we do a lot of the rituals, but we don't necessarily work in a, the classic agile methodology. And, and that's kind of all then managed in Jira itself. It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've taken kind of, because uh, Jira is generally known uh, for use by developers and you're actually using that technology for a creative team. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm a big Jira fan and I never thought I would say that because I've actually <laughs> used it before. And I, I was generally a little bit confused about its value, but I think, you know, it's, it's more or less just a way of looking at how to organize work and track it. And I think once you kind of take away maybe the implied complexity or just maybe um, you reframe your mental model on how to think about your work. I think it's pretty handy. Um, I think, you know, there's things that maybe aren't optimized for a creative team. However, Jira is kind of also a platform in and of itself. So, you know, we just launched Jira work management, I think in April, and that is really conducive to teams that are more like our team. It's just a little bit less um, complex than maybe a, a Jira software. And in, I mean, Atlassian has a whole bunch of other other features, Confluence and HipChat and that type of thing. Um, in terms of your your team, are you, which of those are you using? And are you using any additional technology within the creative team? Yeah, so we use um, as many of our products as we can. I think Confluence is, you know, at Atlassian internally, we use it. Probably unlike most companies, it is this like living, breathing workspace, which has hundreds of thousands of pages that like have been documented since the inception of the company. It's pretty amazing. So that's great because we also, you know, we can use Confluence for things that are not just a wiki. We use it for gathering feedback. We use it for posting work. We use it for like team announcements. And it's just, you know, really actually handy because design is visual. So that obviously is a nice place to kind of like showcase work. We also use Trello, but we use it more for brainstorms, we have probably thousands of Trello boards on my team um, and they're more for project level work, 
but um, it's still something that is essential to our workflow. I was going to leave this question to the end, but I actually want to bring it forward a bit and, and, and ask you, I mean, like a lot of these uh, tools enable collaboration. So how did kind of the sudden change from work from home affect your team? Yeah, so I think um, I didn't answer the second part of the question, but it's relevant to this. So we actually use a, we use Slack. We used to have a product called Stride that was kind of an internal chat tool. We discontinued that, uh, the product dev on that. But Slack, like, yeah, after we went remote, well, I'll say one thing. First, we were set up to hopefully succeed when the pandemic hit because we were already kind of oriented towards being a distributed team. We had folks on my team across the, the globe. Um, so we already were dealing with some, you know, potential challenges that just come up when everyone's kind of not in the same place. Um, so mm-hmm. we, were, we weren't we were co-located, so we had practice, remote work. So when things completely changed, um, things definitely felt different, <laughs> but um, I think we we had all the tools that we needed already. Um, so mm-hmm. using our, you know, our products, uh, Jira, Confluence, Trello, using uh, Slack, Slack is huge. It, it kind of drives like all that, you know, water cooler chatter, et cetera. I think same as for most folks. And then, um, you know, we use um, some of the Google products for like email, but honestly, Slack is like where I mostly live these days. And staying on that kind of theme, the I mean, the whole creative process is, I, I don't know if it's cliched that people say, you know, you need to be in a room and you whiteboard in and you're like, you know, getting these ideas uh, and, and yeah, just shooting the breeze and just getting ideas that you might follow uh, through with now. I mean, that is more difficult to do over a Zoom call or a Teams call or something like that. Has there been anything that you guys have learned uh, along the way for, like, that, that you could kind of share with others around how to collaborate, especially, especially on creative concepts? Yeah, so really good question. Um, I, um, yeah, we, we've done some pretty big campaigns during the pandemic, which was a little bit surprising, but we did it. And I think they turned out really well. And we did it 100% remotely. And in the past, we would obviously try to get everyone in that same room. I think there really is, you know, a, a, a synergy, if you will, that does exist when everyone's kind of in co-located. Um, and I, I do think, you know, I think we lose a little bit of that. But what I've noticed is like, if you plan out an agenda for a brainstorm or a workshop, a creative brainstorm or workshop and uh, have breakout sessions, like leverage the technology. So Zoom is also another piece of technology that's been essential for us during the pandemic. Um, I think you just need to be a little bit creative as far as making sure people stay focused, they understand you know, what's going on at any given point of this workshop or brainstorm. And then I've noticed that we get really good work out of people um, because we just have really thought about the agenda. So mm-hmm. we've had, I've run like eight hour brainstorm sessions and, um, you know, that's a lot of zoom. Um, yeah. but uh, at the end it, we get really good results. And I think it's because there's again, an agenda that keeps the energy up. We take breaks when we need to, that makes sense. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we get through it. So I think it's been, um, you know, it's a little bit controversial maybe to say this, but I've had really great results mm-hmm. remotely doing this stuff. I'm not sure if there are better results than maybe we could have gotten in person, but um, that's also, you know, it's, it's not the worst. So. Uh, really interesting. Um, all right. Going back to um, some of your kind of career highlights and so on, like you worked on some really big e-commerce promos. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I'm like reading your comments on there. It just sounded like a chaotic, busy time. And, uh, and and it got me thinking, you know, using and having 
the experience with the technology at Atlassian that you have now, like, would that have changed how that felt back then? Yeah. So um, when I worked at Levi's, I was on their e-commerce team and um, no surprise to anyone who's ever shopped around uh, American Thanksgiving. It is, yeah, a a crazy time. And that's what's expected. So I think everyone walks in knowing that it's going to be a little bit rough. But um, the question is framed really interestingly. Um, I think what was missing and what would have made things just feel a little more transparent was something like Slack. Um, So when I was at Levi's, uh, we really didn't have a comparable tool. And I don't think that this was kind of a while ago. So I'm not even sure if Slack was around, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> they probably were, but maybe just they were just like in their inception or something. So, but I think that would have helped with just like the speed of communication, kind of like, I don't know, I, I get people calling me and I'd have to check my email all the time. And um, it's just like chaos on top of chaos, but chaos that we know is coming. So that would be the one thing I think was missing is, is something like Slack. So you mentioned Stride. Now that we're talking about Slack so much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that was also kind of one of the highlights that you, that, that, that you worked on. Tell me about that. Yeah. So it was a highlight because it was a product that the company had built. We didn't, we didn't technically acquire it. I will say that we had hip chat and we kind of revamped that into a product called Stride, but we had completely overhauled it, obviously gave it a new name. And the nice thing about that was it was kind of a a 360 opportunity to create a brand from scratch. And that's really awesome. And it's an amazing opportunity that um, is a real privilege at a place like Atlassian. So, and it was also an interesting space, right? I think like chat apps and kind of what they are able to enable is pretty compelling. So we really, um, you know, wanted to be we wanted to stand out in an increasingly like loud space too, but we wanted to be authentic to what Atlassian was, kind of how we built our products. And yeah, it was just really great to be able to work with the marketing team, the product team too, to just conceptualize this kind of like value prop for a new product. And then um, also give it a look and feel, like do all the stuff. So it was just a very holistic experience. So is this one of the cases, I mean, like you're saying earlier that, with regards to the role of creative creative at Atlassian, you don't necessarily get too involved in product. Has that been a shift? Because it sounds like, you know, in terms of how the product looked and felt that you were involved mm-hmm. in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of goes back to the design system. So uh, Stribe was actually a good example, though, of like when I think there was a real harmony between like how things maybe an ideal world could work with like a ton of resources and time. Um, <laughs> So we, we work with the product design team to create illustrations that told a very consistent story. Like they were fun illustrations um, that were metaphors for maybe like your, you know, your Wi-Fi is down. But we work with content design too to make sure that the copy that they were writing really reinforced this narrative. And um, yeah, it was, just a, it was just a really great opportunity to align from a voice and tone perspective almost uh, with product. And I thought the the partnership was amazing. I thought the result was something that I'm still really proud of today. But yeah, scaling that I think <laughs> is a little bit tough sometimes. But um, it was a, it was a great opportunity. And so it all sounds good. Um, like it, it sounds like the product doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. Uh, but there must have been learnings along the way as well. Besides all the the, the good stuff you've mentioned, what would you have done differently with the Stride uh, project? Well, I, I can't speak for like the product and why it kind of moved on, but I think from a creative point of view, uh, I feel like we spent a lot, a lot of time on just really digging into what made, made it special. And I think that was a worthwhile process, but I think we 
we spent a lot of time on it. And I think, you know, if we had to do it again, maybe we could have arrived at something sooner, maybe tested that out, maybe when iterated on. I think there was just a lot of energy around just launching something that we felt all 100% good with. And that's really important. But yeah, if I had to do it again, maybe getting stuff to market a little bit quicker and then having the time to iterate on it uh, would have been maybe more ideal. And is that something that you've kind of carried through now in in your creative process of like rather get something out quick and then iterate on it as opposed to kind of polishing it off? Or I, I know it is a difficult, I suppose, place to sit because you're in design, you know, pixels matter. Um, well, at least let, let me let me take that back. You're not just in design, you're in creative, but the design part of, of creative, I mean, I, I have seen some designers like really uh, spend a lot of time on getting the pixels absolutely perfect. So how do you balance that kind of ship it and then improve upon it versus get it perfect? Yeah, so I think it's it's a mind shift. I think I really encourage designers or really any creative to kind of have. I think when you um, reorient yourself to the problem that you're solving versus does it look good, that that is a game changer because I think then um, it really takes a lot of the emotional concept of perfection out of the equation and you're just really focused on the customer and kind of like am I helping this person or am I solving this problem um, and to me that's yeah then you can kind of release <laughs> a lot of things I think are fairly subjective now it should look good like that that is something I almost think is like table stakes like it really should look good we have a design system that also again helps keep people on a path at least but I think yeah orienting folks to what problem am I solving versus does this look cool is, is kind of what I'm all about. Yeah. So progress mm. over perfection all the time. So I think you can hear like by my reference to, I suppose, vague design terms. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm no expert at, uh, at the different roles that come in terms of creative. So, you know, one of the things that you said that, uh, you know, if you were to do everything again, start from, from, I don't know, uh, 20 again, like you wouldn't try and be, all or everything or unicorn i'm like for someone like me that doesn't understand that space that well how would you i'm like what advice would you give how would you take a different approach um well i think you know when you're a designer a lot of people and i i actually encourage this uh go super broad when they come out of the gate and they're just like doing all this stuff and they're like hustle they have like a three side project like three side etsy stores or something like anyways um, that's fine. So I'm not, not condemning that at all. But I think like, I feel like I narrowed maybe a little bit later than I should have. So I think I was trying to do literally everything. And then as new th stuff was kind of becoming essential in your tool stack, um, then I was also trying to learn that stuff. So I was doing like motion graphics, 3D, like front end development. Um, and then I was also trying to be like a great designer and like a photo art director. And I have an illustration background. So I was also like literally hustling on the side. So I was basically working 24 hours a day. Um, and that I think I could physically maintain in my, you know, my twenties. But um, when I look back on it, I'm like, it's great that you got that experience in some things, but you literally never use them again. It, to me, it's like, um, some stuff I maybe learned in elementary school, which was like cool then, but it's kind of like has no practical application later. So I think uh, I feel like there was just a lot of pressure, especially in New York, for some reason, to just be this full stack unicorn. And by that, I think they defined it as like you're a designer, you're a developer, you do like product design and graphic design, you do branding, like <laughs> you like are a DJ. It just felt like a lot. And um, I was all about that until I kind of I'm able to look back and be like, 
it's good that you can understand a lot of these languages, like how to talk to developers. That's important. But you didn't need to like learn Python. That that's a little bit unnecessary for what you actually do today. So, anyways, if I had to tell my younger self, I would just say like slow your roll a bit and maybe take a breather. <laughs> and which route would you have have taken? Well, I think the good news is that I feel like I I, well, I love what I do. It's it's less about where I am, honestly, and more about just what I do. So I think I'm very happy with directing. Um, you know, I think for some designers, the concept of not designing anymore and just being not only a people manager, but a director is a little bit devastating because designing and the craft of that is really personal. It's like your, you know, your fingerprint on something. And it's also, you know, what people really want to do. And um, I didn't really have that, you know, period of grief, I guess, when I <laughs> went into management full-time. Um, I, I really love developing people. I love influencing creative. Um, I love business strategy. So I feel like I'm able to kind of sit more on the brand strategy aspect of things now. And you think, I mean, have, have the expectations of businesses changed in terms of their hiring? Have they become more specific or are they still looking for unicorns? Well, I think there was kind of a backlash, like a bit of a meme backlash just around how demanding companies were being maybe in like 2012. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really see that as much. I see still like there's still some in my mind confusion around like, what a UX designer is versus a visual designer um, versus, uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's a single answer to that these days, but I do see a lot less of like demanding a bunch of stuff that just is like probably not going to happen with any one person. So, yeah. Awesome. So uh, last question for me going uh, kind of, I suppose we've touched on it a little bit, um, but, you know, things are starting to go back to this, that kind of cliche new normal. You've learned a lot. You've, you've launched some amazing campaigns during the kind of pandemic. It sounds like you might have even got a more of a dispersed and global team. Like how are things going to be different for the creative space post pandemic? Yeah. Well, I think it's already very much happening. Like I think a lot of tools that maybe um, like whiteboarding is a great example. Like I think there's a ton of tools out there that are in a really competitive space right now <laughs> that are kind of like subbing in for more analog, you know, formats of, mm. of the past. So obvious statement, I think like Miro, Mural, even Trello for sure, like the products mm. we do build, those things I think are just now essential versus like nice to have. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we have hired, we're, we're opening up where we hire for sure. I think a lot of folks, uh, not a lot, but some folks, you know, moved out of, we were very West Coast oriented still. Like we had people across the globe, but we were mostly on the West Coast. Now we're purposely hiring in different regions. I think that's awesome. It definitely opens to talent pools. It gives opportunities to folks who probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, move to a really expensive city like London or or um, San Francisco. So it's all been good. I think there are adjustments that like we just need to make to make sure people feel like they can have a work-life balance and, um, you know, be productive. But all in all, I think it's like, I feel really optimistic. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, I know it is early in the morning in San Francisco and uh, late in the afternoon over here, but um, thank you so much for joining me on Digital Surfing today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.